You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, you want to talk about panic. This new NBC News poll that has come out is certainly causing panic, not only from um, Demo- well, from the media also, but definitely from Democrats. How about this? Among voters, let's, I'm going to play audio. Voters 18 to 34, 70%, 70, 70 percent disapprove of president biden's handling of the iras uh, israel hamas war 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters and he needs that group i want to play here's the audio the israel hamas war and again it kind of measures overall up with biden's foreign policy approval but look at this among the oldest group of voters 65 Mm. plus there's a majority who approve of how biden is handling this that's plus 12 look at the youngest group of voters 20 approve 70 percent disapprove he is 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters. That is a 62-point net swing between youngest and oldest on this topic of Israel Hamas. And it's a critical group of voters that he needs in order to win re-election, that's for sure. And with his birthday, he's not coming back from that. Now, what does this mean about a rematch of President Trump and President Biden, if they're the two candidates, listen to this. 46% Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, in 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now, the gap is gone. Mm. 36 positive on both, and actually Biden, one point more negative than Trump. That's been a significant advantage for Biden. Our poll says that advantage, at least for now, may be gone. And we talked about younger voters on foreign policy, and it's true on a host of other topics. Disaffected with Joe Biden, we have 46% for Trump, 42% for Biden among the youngest voters. The youngest voters in the 2020 election were Biden plus 26. This could be a massive sea change. And if you take a look here, too, all, everybody sort of says, hey, I'm not too nuts about the possibility of this matchup. So we said, let's measure this one way. And here's how we did it. Biden against an unnamed Republican. This is just a referendum on Biden, basically. And look at this. He goes from being in a, a dogfight with Trump to being double digits wow. behind, but then flip it around. Trump against an unnamed Democrat. Trump goes from leading against Biden to being down by six points against the Democrat. Just a fascinating look. At- that has... um. Biden, Biden against a Republican, Biden 37, Republican candidate 48 percent, Trump against an unnamed Democrat. He goes, he loses in this NBC poll, 46 to 40. You can hear in their voice just how much um, even the people from NBC News that are explaining the poll how much they're even worried now biden job approval rating sinks to 40 percent the lowest he's ever measured in the poll i want you to hear this again at the sea change from the start of this year these numbers can't be ignored it really does seem to be connecting with what's happening domestically in our politics let's start with the bottom line here president biden what is his job approval rating we measure it now at 40% with 57% disapproving the significance. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our poll in terms of job approval. And just look at the sea change from the start of this year. Remember, early this year, Democrats coming off a strong 2022 midterm. He was almost even. Now he's 17 points underwater on this question. Significant dip there, Steve. It it is. And you can actually, if you take a look here by party, I think it's significant for two reasons. One, independence, obviously, more than two to one 
disapprove. You don't want to be there as an incumbent president, but I think equally significant, no surprise, 7% of Republicans approve of Joe Biden's job performance, but three times as many Democrats, 21%, that's more than one in five, say they disapprove. You need much more unified support in your own party if you're going to have a successful re-election campaign. And we mentioned the drop in that approval rating and the connection to the Middle East, and here it is. On foreign policy, 33% approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Just in September, we asked the same question, and it was 41.53. So his numbers are absolutely plummeting right now. And I don't see how he gets a way out of this whole thing. Um, I'm not convinced in any way that he gets a way out of this. Plus, the age factor comes into play. He's not, and that's not going away. Regardless, let's remove President Trump and the Republicans from the equation just for a moment. The fact of the matter is, um, there's, there is just, you don't have enthusiasm from the Democrat Party when it comes to Biden as the president for 2024. There was a, a very good discussion on this week. Martha Rag, um, Raditz filling in for Stephanopoulos. David Sanger, White House national security correspondent for the New York Times. He, this guy is excellent. Listen to him talk about where Biden is right now with his own party. I thought this was um, very insightful. The big issue, this is the first time, first foreign policy issue where we have seen the president split with completely the progressive wing of, of his own party. And uh, you've seen this in the protests. You hear it in those State Department cables that have been, you know, from State Department employees who are basically... 500, 700, a whole lot of people signing up. A lot of up. people signing up, basically saying our policy is in the wrong place. We've given too much support uh, to Israel. Um I thought it was interesting in your interview with John Finer that uh, not only did he stress the uh, the negotiations over the, the hostage releases, which we hope comes comes to pass, it's hard to tell, but particularly the care he used in trying to say we are communicating to the Israelis our displeasure without quite saying the Israelis need to stop doing yeah, I what thought, they're I doing. I thought that was interesting. Folks, bottom line, this is less than a year to go. For the election, 24, President Joe Biden's in a lot of problem, uh, trouble with his own party. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room delicious food then they also have a great full bar large dining area and you're gonna love the lounge the lodge pub and eatery people rave about their delicious consistent great food and also the great staff i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is petro.com Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he's the managing editor, anchorrising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. You're quoted. I, uh, I can't believe what I was reading. It's just the tone of it. But the Providence Journal, I mean, all people, Kathy Gregg has come out with a piece on Pat Crowley. And you're quoted and quoted accurately, but I want to get your impressions on the very flattering piece, how he's about to take over the reins, AFL-CIO. But uh, to me, a lot was left out. And this is the type of article that Crowley will have framed in place in his new office. <laughs> Certainly. So this is yeah, Pat Crowley ascending to the leadership of the largest labor union, the AFL-CIO. Uh, in Rhode Island. And I, I think a lot of the people who, Kathy Gregg perhaps among them, I mean, keep in mind she's in a unionized journalism uh, office and it's under yeah. the FLCIO, so this is her union. Uh, I don't know if the article, I didn't read it closely enough to see if who, that was disclosed, but that's a fact. Um, so I, th I don't think a lot of them understand uh, the, 
the new ground they're treading. I mean, you've got Pat Crowley, who for decades has been, I mean, he, for a while, he ran RI Future, which was the progressive far left counterpart to Anchor Rising as an early blog. Uh, he's an activist. He's a, a a Marxist, it seems. Uh, he's he's been known to. I mean, people in school committees have stories of him being very aggressive and and putting on a performance of almost uh, psychological violence in a negotiating uh, room. So these, so he's he's not known as a good person to bring people together and work together in a community setting. And I don't think a lot of the folks. Uh, progressives or, or mainstream journalists understand the effect it has on on other people when when somebody like that ascends i mean i remember i i think very early on pat crowley took a disliking to me because i i had a friendly rapport with uh, bob walsh who was his boss at the nea and i i once commented to him i didn't understand how uh, teachers could associate with a person like that right. um and i mean granted my ignorance bob walsh was almost certainly completely online in line with Pat Crowley's views and behavior and as, as is George knees, but there was still a presentation. I mean, we talk frequently, Bob Walsh is, is a common commentator on lively experiment, you know, as if he's just some elder of politics, at least he kept up that show, right? That was, there's a value to that. And now we're crossing into an area where, where they just don't care. I mean, it's, that's what's kind of stunning. This, this one of their guys ran around chasing uh, a governor in a president's mask, uh, George Bush, um, is frequently if there's somebody at a meeting causing disruption, disruption like in East Greenwich where they disrupted a meeting so that it couldn't go on, and there was somebody in a in a Grim Reaper costume, good chance it was him. You know, yeah. he, that's the guy that is now the face of 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 unions, and it's it's disappointing to see uh, the mainstream media just sort of accepting the the narrative pivot, the PR move to make him just a a respectable member of of our of our union society in Rhode Island. Yeah, it almost like oh, you know, it's almost like a prep school hijinks type of thing. That they 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 had an enforcer, that guy Lou Rayon, who got arrested. They um uh, and and some of the people, uh, the antics, Justin, as you know, any Rhode Island, they targeted that representative from Bristol. I mean, they, there's a lot of uh, the way they would go after people, intimidate people, follow people to their car. Uh, after some of these meetings, it, it was all thug-like tactics. But now it's almost just—he's even got a photo of him in that mask <laughs> in, in his office. But what do you think this says to the members? Uh, touch on. Well, you know, I I wonder about that often. I think most of them just they keep their heads down and probably don't pay too much attention. I mean, to them, they they want to they they think the union is they've been convinced and through in my opinion brainwashing that the union is protecting them from the abuses of the man uh, and that they'll get something extra from by being in the union. And, and a lot of them just think it's what they have to do, especially teachers and so on. Uh, and I I most of them I bet don't even think about it. And to the extent they do, they think, oh, this is just how it works you know everybody knows how the game's played and and they don't i mean they they really that's really not how it should be i mean this that's it was a shocking to me i mean talking about the enforcers and i remember in east providence i don't know 15 years ago yeah. uh, they, they elected a school committee that was yeah. willing to stand up to the union and they bust in union members from around new england to a school committee meeting they made a circus of it i was there pat crowley introduced me to their lawyer uh lidecker who i noticed oh, yeah. at the at the end ran up in front of the school committee pre- chairman or president at the time uh who was a, a distant cousin Kirchiri, uh and tried to start a fight with him on on his way out uh got in his face screaming in his face waving his arms trying to get him to hit him for the for the headlines that's that's the kind of behavior and i i can't believe most people want to be associated with that but they're willing to be because that's just the way the game is played in rhode island and it's, it's a mystery to me so i i would like to think at some point um, that they they would start to wake up and say, you know what, I don't want to be represented by people like this. They're not speaking for me. And but then you get you know the news media rehabilitating Crowley as he ascends to this office. And I, I don't know if the average union member will even know that they're being represented by that kind of person. Yeah. It also, um, Justin, it's interesting. You know, you and I go back to there was uh, Governor McKee standing next to him last primary day at the polls. Uh, that certainly was foreshadowing of who really holds the power here. 
I also two other just quick points. Number one, nowhere in the articles talk about they've run the state into the ground. The damage that these people have done between the schools, the private sector jobs don't want to come here. But also, people don't people they 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 don't even understand the type of power this individual has. That if he were to go up onto Smith Hill up at the state house and say to someone, you know, I want to talk to you or I have a problem with you, that that is someone that that carries a lot of weight. And it's all about getting the legislative people to fall in line for their priorities. But it's certainly I would argue it's not to the betterment of the citizens. Oh, certainly not. And, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you start in retrospect, you start to see the lines coming together. I remember a few years ago, uh, there was a local guy who, who I, th- I think he's relatively conservative, but he was he, he was in a suit acting like a journalist trying to ask Pat Crowley questions, le- you know, leading kind of anti-union questions at a state house. And where did Crowley run? Into the speaker's office. I, I remember watching that video and thinking, that's curious that's the kind of yeah. thing that you may that's where his his shelter from this guy was to run into the speaker's office yeah i i mean you could argue that this will make pat crowley of all people one of the most powerful well, it's not even an argument one of the most powerful people in the state uh and that's it, it's i mean apart from the danger of that it's just it's very disappointing to see how little interest news media types will are going to take in that they have no in, they'll dig into like when the center for freedom and prosperity started came on the scene they'll dig into a small uh, group's uh, funding they'll they'll look they'll investigate their their board members but this one guy who's been an agitator for 20 years in the state is now one of the most powerful people and he he gets to go on wpri to talk about labor day like a like a yeah. a friendly special interest piece i mean it's that's that's dangerous that's how you get a, a kind of a a marxist dictator type person just to float right in and then the news media which is supposed to be protecting people informing them letting them understand what's really happening with the powerful in the state just doesn't care just doesn't care it's it's you know oh well some far-right guy justin katz doesn't like pat crowley i mean that's that's kind of the the extent of it rather than digging in and saying all right really this person's going to have a whole lot of power what do we know about him what has he said i mean he in 10 years ago or so i think 2012 around then he he was at a, a Netroots Nation event, a far, far left event in Providence that goes around the country, and that year they were there, and they did a panel on the the one union model, where basically every social issue is run like a labor issue. All the far left radical stuff gets handled like a, a public, like a union uh, arrangement. If you like that or not, fine, but that's the kind of thing we all ought to be thinking about and talking about. And the news reports ought to be saying, is this how this ought to work? Is he representing these people or is he using public sector labor to raise money for far left causes? That's an interesting thing that I think would help an electorate vote uh, vote according to their interests. But we get none of that. And that's that to me, even beyond his ascension, is what's what's terrifying here. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz, our segment of politics this week, right here on the John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement, call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252, AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings, look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions, also commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling, contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, there was a picture I sent to you that appeared on X. Uh, Rhode Island out here in D.C. advertising giant stuffed clam in Tabasco. It's what we had thought it was, but 
what I think, I, I want to hear your thought on that. As I see that now, and this is someone that says, okay, there's a truck and it has this, as he calls it, a giant stuffed clam, even though we know it's a stuffy. And there's a thing of Tabasco sauce. Um, I, I don't know what to make of that. And it certainly doesn't make me say, I would look at that and say, is that a new restaurant maybe that it has opened up? Or is that a food truck? Not, boy, I want to book my next flight to go visit there. Yeah, I, well, I have, I have no no problem expressing what I think about it. I mean, that's what an embarrassment. I mean, we've reached yeah. that point. You see that going by. If you even understand what it's saying, it's the kind of thing um, a, a somebody who a, a business like a retailer or a restaurant who has kind of a is looking for a fun kind of brand will will do. Just come to our restaurant. Come to our retailer. You know, Crazy Eddie or, or something. You know, like Toys R Us with the with the stuffed you know, people in the, the stuffed animal costumes. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's how our state is trying to attract people to it. It's it's an utter embarrassment. And what what really makes me angry and sorry, I'm sorry if I start to rant, no, but what really no. makes me angry is. We could be so much more. I mean, yeah. look at our location. We got history. We got we got good food. We got history. We got arts. We we're between Boston. We're between New York. We got the the ocean. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to live. We've got seasons, all that stuff, and we're trying to sell freaking giant cohogs in a yeah. truck. It's it's so ludicrous. If people were paying attention, they would go to the state house and say, "Get out! You're just you're done. You're done. This is not. We should be attracting businesses. We should be a national hub." Of, of business activity, you know, every now and then all these, these, the people who get paid a lot of money to sit around and pretend they know what they're talking about in public policy in the state get together and say, oh, we should go into artificial intelligence. We should go into the blue economy. We should go into, I don't know, brain surgery or whatever the latest thing is. And really all they, what they ought to do is just open things up. We could do all those things if those people got out of the way because this cohog if it proves anything proves they do not know what they're doing this is an embarrassment and it, it should be seen that way by by the, the governor and everybody and they should have to answer for this everywhere they go what do you think about giant cohogs going around a country as our our big promotion it's, it's just embarrassing even just the spacing on the lettering stuffies from rhode island and of all the seafood i've eaten all my life i've never even put hot sauce on it so this whole Tabasco thing, I, I'm at a loss. Well, Justin, Friday, um, uh, late Friday morning, there was a shooting in Providence. So the details that we have, and I did post this, folks, on DePetro.com, is there's a mosque right off of uh, Broad Street. And the information they have is an individual pulled up, waited a half hour. And then when this one individual got out of his vehicle and he starts setting up, apparently this man sells things out in front of this mosque. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but this individual got out, um, shot the individual once, non-life-threatening, but then fled in his vehicle. Now, I believe the the, uh, suspect had on a mask and goggles, but that's the information that came out on Friday, was me and sitting there. Now, there's all these different individuals that, and, and if you wait, huge amount, when I got there, the prayer services ended, so there was a large amount of men uh, I only saw men actually coming out of the, out of the mosque. And then immediately, uh, and I saw your reaction regarding Channel 12 comes out with a story talking about hate crimes. And then some of the postings, including from a Providence City Councilman that start calling it a hate crime. So I wanted to get your reaction to it and talk about it a little bit. Right. Well, I mean, the, the details that I read were the guy sat there for half an hour with a mask yep. on. Um, I, I assume it was kind of the medical masks that everybody's allowed to wear now not exactly. because of COVID. And the, the people who saw him there said, hmm, that's curious. He must be waiting for the one o'clock prayer service. You know that. So you're not talking about a guy, you know, in a in kind of like a, a I don't know, burglar mask or with, right. with Nazi oh, yeah. regalia or whatever. Extreme so it's something like that. Yeah, at the at the very least, it's 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 a suspicious circumstance. I mean, it's not it's not like the guy flew by with with his Proud Boys T shirt on or something uh, and, and did a Nazi salute. They have no idea, and so it it might be it might be some wacko. This happens, some crazy guy. I think I think somebody said he had Massachusetts place. I could be wrong there. Wacky guy in Massachusetts. Uh, says, well, what am I going to do about all this stuff, anti-Israel stuff, and I'll go find a guy at a mosque and I'll shoot him? You know, maybe, but we have no idea. And to me, it's just completely irresponsible for news media and, and elected officials to be jumping down the hate crime road because that just stokes 
unrest. I mean, you could argue if there's a if there's a reason to have an amplification for for um, prosecutions for hate crimes, it's that it hurts it it, it hurts the whole society and, and divides us. You could argue that running with this story is itself a form of hate crime because that's what it does. It makes people feel vulnerable. It makes other people feel angry. It could cause violence. It could cause aggression. I mean, you, you've seen the socialists out there on Twitter talking about how John Brien and, and Brian Newberry, both yeah. local politicians, Republicans and conservatives are, are fascists. And this is what happens. That's how you stoke violence against people. Um, and that, that's what this sort of reporting enables. And what bothers me especially is if it turns out to be nothing, if it turns out to be this guy cheated on his, this other guy's wife with this other guy's wife, who knows, just whatever. And that's what caused it. And if there were a riot because of it, would anybody at WPRI face a consequence for irresponsible reporting? No. This the all their incentives point in this direction. And I, I think it's it's terribly in terribly uh, uh, irresponsible. And if you look at uh, Miguel Sanchez, who's this Providence City Councilman you you mentioned there, his tweet was very interesting. He was saying everybody must denounce denounce this. ASAP, like yeah. get out there, denounce it now before we know what's happening. And the reason is because they don't care about actual violence. I don't think they they want to stoke the narrative. They want it to be a hate crime narrative. And if they get everybody out there denouncing it now, like Representative Magaziner and everybody else out there denouncing it now as a hate crime, then when we find out it wasn't a hate crime, it doesn't matter because nobody's going to read that story. They're just going to have this feeling that somebody was shot in front of a mosque for a hate crime. That's what they want to do. It's it's pure propaganda. And we need some grown-ups actually in a news media running things so that we can we can get a better sense of, of what's actually going on in the state. Why do you think the media also is not putting a microphone in front of these individuals? Hey, you're coming out on a statement, especially the, a sitting elected councilman announcing this is what a hate crime looks like. How come the media doesn't put a microphone in front of them? Like, you want to put that out? Let's get you on the record and and then do a story on without any information. And I want to be very clear to people listening. The police don't have any motive. They don't have the shooter. They have no information right now that this was, in fact, a hate crime, a man shot in front of the mosque. And if anything, one police officer I spoke to said he didn't think it was because it was so odd because the individual was sitting there specifically waiting for this man who sells his goods. It could have been a bad business transaction that took place. But, Justin, how come the media doesn't go after Sanchez and say, OK, let's get you right now on camera on the record. You're stating you're convinced it's a hate crime. Well, because they're on, they're on board with the narrative. Um, yeah. You know, is I you almost have to wonder if they're capable of psychologically of, of seeing what they're doing. You know, like they they just have probably a lot of younger reporters. They, this was how they were trained. Um, this was how the, their journalism school told them to, this was the storyline they were told to report. And so they just think that's the that's the news and it's their job to run with that because that's what's of interest uh, and that's where what serves society is to, to get to the bottom of these things provided it's always the same way that the, these things are hate crimes and, and minorities are under attack by vicious white people. Uh, that's that's the story they believe and I, I don't, they see no reason to challenge his assumptions because it's the same assumption they draw and when it turns out to be wrong they move on and go oh well this time it was wrong but it's almost always right you know that's kind of probably what they tell themselves but it, it yeah. should be it should be okay you are an elected official hey by the way you were just fired by the governor for for yeah. marching with uh, the the pro-genocide palestinian cause that's going on around our country uh that that seems like a, an interesting story to me to for some journalists to call him up and like you said get him on the record and then just as important is if it turns out to just be a family thing or a business transaction gone bad or whatever um if that happens to be the case then they, then you go back to him and say okay what do you think now that that changed right. and oh by the way we we had one of our guys do some research and we we found out that oh wow most most religious what is it, 60% of religiously based hate crimes are against Jewish people. Uh, and, and in fact, there's actually been a wave of, of false hate crime accusations and even hoaxes in the past 10 years. That kind of story might shed a lot of light on what's going on in the world, but it's not what they were taught to report. I don't even know if they, they can conceive of it as possible enough to, to go out and report on it. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. 
You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Chapa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook. Again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shapa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend. One-stop insurance solutions. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, a couple of other uh, odds and ends. One, Amy Russo, she's a reporter of the Providence Journal. There was a protest on Friday. I started to cover it, but it, it just actually seemed very tedious and boring. And they're marching around Textron again. Third time they've been outside the Textron building. But one of the quotes she put was she said, well, among the things I've heard here, and I see her as kind of like an activist, but a speaker encouraging distrust of media, looking out at cameras and saying, we know who they're owned by. <laughs> Support breast freedom. But what's missing from that is that's a totally anti-Semitic remark, basically, that it's, you know, Jewish owned media. Yeah, and it makes you think that. At what point do these journalists start to say maybe these people aren't what we thought? You know, that's what right. that's what really what strikes me. I mean, you and I hear that coming from, and, and let me just be clear: I, I have a lot of distrust of the news media, so I'm not saying that particular point, that angle of the point is wrong. The, the who they're owned by part is is clearly insinuation of Jews. In fact, yes. when when he was when he was thought to be a Donald Trump supporter was a Conway yes Kanye West said something similar and that was oh look how anti-semitic it was it, they could recognize it then because of the supposed politics of the speaker but they you get the feeling that the, the journalists and, and other people who think they're progressive they've been warned so many times over their life about you know white Nazis they always have a British or German accent in the movies that's the bad guy that's the that's what fascism mean it's the guy with a crew cut on blonde hair that's that's what fascism looks like they can't recognize it when they start to actually see it and I think that that's one of the the greatest indictments of the news media these days is that they're so stuck in that old false narrative that they can't see what's actually in front of them this is a a the fascism rising. These are the people we were warned about, but they, they can't see it. And it's actually almost surprising that Russo reported on it. Uh, you know, it makes you almost, I don't, I don't know her, so I don't know, but it, it seems like almost, I don't understand what they're saying, you know, because you, you it's entirely possible she understood the implications. She might not have bothered to report on it because it was it was shown a bad light on the people she's she's been trained to to endorse. So I, uh, it, it's a curious thing, but it's it's really an indication, I think, of how how the news media has has just mis- is missing reality in some ways. Since October seventh, one of the best things I heard say was that the. Uh, support Israel rally that I attended for the Rhode Island Coalition of Israel. Who, by the way, uh, we came. I'm a part of that board. They, we uh, put out a story we had more signatures saying no ceasefire and the only one that did a story on it was the boston globe where the rest of the media ignored it they did huge coverage when aaron regenberg and some of these others came out with a a letter saying they wanted the ceasefire but one of the remarks justin katz was that they felt that the local media was was lazy in regards to if they don't see a swastika they don't think it's it's anti Semitic. And that is something that, you know, you and I have mentioned here. You have you have a 300 people and they're all cheering. And and she says, you know, and don't trust the media because we know who they're owned by. And, you know, the media, everyone, no one, you know, they, they all blink like it, it's no big deal compared to if there's a poster or a sticker on a telephone pole in Bristol that has a swastika or something like that. Boom. It's a huge story, big coverage. And then they, you know, they do a big story about it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Although, you know, I, I do think it, it doesn't take them a swastika to, to, 
I mean, anything that is remotely right. white, they could say is white supremacist. They can see it. Sure. They can spot it a mile away. They can they can invent it in the most innocent things. It's it's the speakers. It's the person speaking. It's this. It's the fact that the Palestinian pro-Palestinian groups are essentially part of the radical coalition. In fact, they're probably the same people. They've all got their signs pre-printed, and this just happens to be the radical issue of the day. Uh, that whatever they say, the news media can't hear. They can't find any kind of violence or fascism in that because. It's it's all about who the speaker is. They know the story based on the, the color of the characters, basically. And and it just reminded me of when they uh, have the new Columbus statue, Columbus Day in Johnston. Bill Bartholomew tweeted out, "There's a man here wearing a Trump hat," and they you know the rest of them, oh wow, of course, there you go, wow, be careful over there. I mean that like signals to them it's dangerous. <laughs> Justin Katz, um, what do you make of this story out of Wellesley, where in a letter to parents of students, Wellesley High School canceled their USA theme, part of Spirit Week, each day where they would do a different theme to avoid controversy, and they said that it became too political. Yeah, well, that's what's what's funny is they've now put out a the principals put out a a statement saying we inadvertently politicized this by I guess trying to avoid politics. My my view on this is. Gets gets pretty extreme pretty quickly. If you cannot have USA Week Day during Spirit Week at your high school, you ought to be shut down you, as a public school. You don't you don't have a purpose to exist. Our schools are failing students academically. They're not yeah. doing what they should. And if there's a rationale to having taxpayers of of a country of a state city fund education, a big part of it is to help us all get along and be unified as a civic group under the nation. And if we can't be patriotic in a public school, it has no reason to, to exist. It ought to be shut down. And, you know, to that extent, I think it, it a lot of people, a lot of um, conservative commentators and researchers, I'm thinking of, say, James Lindsay here, who've done a lot of research on how progressives have taken over and socialists basically have taken over institutions like the teacher colleges. It, it really goes to show you the they reacted. These these folks, the principal, they're they're probably not evil activist types like Pat Crowley. They're they're just people trying to do their jobs and they've been trained to think, oh, American flags, divisive. That's how they were trained. That's how they were taught in school. Oh, you can't put patriotic symbols there uh, because then uh, you'll make people feel excluded and separated. And that's it's just instinctive for them. And I, it really goes to the problem. We, we've been, in some ways, we've been taken over by, by an ideolo ideology that hates us, that hates our country, that thinks being American is a bad thing, and that's what we're teaching in school implicitly. Yes. And this, this, uh, you almost feel bad for him, but he, he must not be very intelligent. This principal uh, just didn't didn't get it. He was he was so blinkered that he he went too far, and people kind of saw it. And of course, this will this will go away quickly. But uh, but that but that's my my feeling on this is if your school is banning patriot patriotic day. You ought to go out. Of, well, you can stay in business, but you've got to become a private institution. There should be no taxpayer funding of of, of schools that, that behave like this because they have completely lost their mission. Yeah, it's when you think about it, that who would even entertain calls of someone? I don't know if we should do a USA theme. Ah, it's too political. You know, it may make some people uncomfortable. Ah, maybe we should squash the USA theme. That's where we've gotten, Justin Katz, in the public schools that not only do people voice these opinions, they're listened to as if, you know, if anything, there's, as you just said, they, they, and I want to echo it, there's nothing wrong with students. Look at how they're saying to them, ah, you really don't want to do that with the flag. You don't want to dress up in the red, white, and blue. E, I don't know. That that's, seems very political. Uh, no, let's not do that. It, it does give them the impression that maybe there is something wrong about that. And then finally, um, I want to credit Eli Sherman of Channel 12. At least he wrote about it. I didn't see anyone else, but you have this Robert Chicard. He is Cranston Democrat. He's a member of this new Cannabis Control Commission. And what does he do? He's hosting a fundraiser for Maria Bucci, who's going to run for Barbara Ann Fenton Funk's seat. She's apparently going to run for Cranston mayor. But she's the manager of one of the compassion centers. Now, the, the, to, to me, that's like an obvious conflict of interest. And he may say, hey, you know, I think it'd be great. And I plan on voting for you, but I, I can't be involved in a fundraiser when, you know, you're the manager at this this uh, cannabis center and I'm on the commission. And yet, boom, there you go. And I, he's the only one that I saw even report on it.
Yeah, it's uh, another area where I think that the news media isn't quite seeing what's right in front of them. I mean, it, it makes me think of, uh, and this comes off periodically in our conversations, uh, the, the podcast Crime Town, where they, yep. the first half was about the mob in Rhode Island, and the second half was about government, specifically Buddy Sancy, but but more generally. And I think that's what we're seeing with, with marijuana and gambling. We're seeing government make formerly illegal things legal so that they become, in a way that they become basically government activities. And so it's almost like they didn't legalize drugs, they didn't legalize gambling, they just let government get into organized crime. And that's what it kind of feels like. You've got the, the regulator who's, who's supporting the person who runs the business. And by the way, now she's going into the General Assembly. Like, what's that all about? So this, this special interest uh, head of a, of a compassion center is going to be a legislator representing who exactly? You know, and um, that's, that's one of the, it's just such a, it, it's a worrying sign. But, but again, as we've been talking today, this morning, it's 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 the kind of worry that the news media doesn't even spot it doesn't even say hey what are we getting into here how is this who are these players and what is their relationships i mean Valdelli hunt the former mayor now of woonsocket got jammed up because she gave she, she appears to have given uh, a a contract or a property purchase to a former supporter and a per- person who she did a lot of business with and borrowed money from and that kind of stuff that is everywhere and this is just this is just making it, you know, part of the way we run. I mean, we, everybody has a sense that Rhode Island is very corrupt. And yet every now and then there'll be some study of corruption in the States and they'll say, oh, well, look, there aren't a lot of prosecutions in Rhode Island, so we must not be that corrupt. But that's because we've legalized political corruption. And I think that's basically what, what we're seeing here. Folks, again, the segment is politics this week. He is Justin Katz, quoted in the Kathy Gray story <laughs> as far right uh, Justin Katz. Managing editor at anchorising.com. Justin, excellent job as always, and we'll happy Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber. JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401. 401- 743-9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing. 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. Check out topetro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, all our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at DePetro.com. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. Folks, unless there is some major development, President Trump, not only does President Trump look like he's going to be the nominee, but polls are showing he's gaining strength, gaining strength amongst certain voters and will be reelected. So all of the talk of wait till this thing fleshes out i'm like everyone else i'm i'm waiting to see if something like that happens it just doesn't seem to be anything like that is happening now some of the proposals he's talking about are starting to get coverage such as he's laying out his plans for immigration policies if he's re-elected to the white house let's go to nbc news Yes, Savannah, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you, and good morning to you as well. Uh, The former president visited the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday, and Mr. Trump picked up the support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Immigration and the migrant crisis in several major cities are key issues for voters heading into 2024. NBC's Garrett Hake is following the Trump campaign for us, has more on that. Garrett, good morning. 
Hey, Craig, good morning. This was actually Mr. Trump's first visit to the border as a candidate in the 2024 cycle, even as immigration continues to be one of the most divisive issues in American politics and one of the most prominent issues in the Republican primary. Mr. Trump picking up a key endorsement and highlighting a shift even farther to the right on immigration. Former President Trump at the Texas border Sunday. It's a job of security for our country. It's a job of stopping an invasion. The Republican frontrunner's visit with service members highlighting his hawkish views on immigration, driving his 2024 campaign. The former president built his political brand as an immigration hardliner. Lately, ramping up his approach even further, promising draconian new policies, including conducting mass deportation raids nationwide, enacting a new travel ban targeting majority Muslim countries, and imposing ideological screening on would-be immigrants and asylum seekers. We've got to have the largest mass deportation effort in history. We're going to be started immediately. All policies that could lead to battles with Congress and the courts over their constitutionality, but all designed to appeal to conservatives like Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who endorsed Mr. Trump on Sunday. We need a president who's going to secure the border. It comes as even cities far from the border struggle with an influx of migrants, including some bust or flown north from Texas. Boston's Logan Airport housing migrants with Massachusetts shelters full. New York City slashing budgets for police and education as the city cares for some 65,000 migrants, costing billions. And new migrants arriving in Chicago will be limited to 60-day shelter stays, no longer qualifying for rental assistance. Now, this all comes as the 2024 general election campaign is tightening. Our new NBC News national poll shows Mr. Trump narrowly leading President Biden 46 percent to 44 percent. That is inside the poll's margin of error. And the president's approval rating sits at just 40 percent in our poll. That's the lowest level of his presidency, but with plenty of time left, about a year to go now until Election Day. You know, folks, this is um, it's pretty exciting when you think about it right now, every, everything you're hearing. New York has to slash budgets because they have 65,000 illegals. They can use whatever term they want. Migrants taking over Logan. Look what they've done in Rhode Island. A Trump presidency is starting to just sound more and more exciting to me because it would turn the state, meaning state of Rhode Island, in Massachusetts, but certainly Rhode Island, upside down. Look at how Rhode Island politicians now to completely cater to all these Hispanic uh representatives and and how many of the people how many of the base of people are in the country and in the state illegally i want to remind people rhode island is a sanctuary state governor mckee just says they're part of the economy governor mckee him trying to govern during a president trump presidency second term trump presidency it would it would i believe it would be so entertaining to watch because they would be absolutely losing their minds and flipping out in rhode island but does that make sense to anyone um illegals were getting rent uh, help in chicago in massachusetts they're taking up all the shelter space now in rhode island they hide it hide it a little bit more believe me the problem's there they're just not telling you about it and you have state leaders elected leaders that they don't deal with the problem they don't highlight the problem they try to pretend that it's not there and that it's going to go away but president trump by all accounts what what really seals it now it's not as if people are looking at this and saying he can't beat biden that's been that's been the whole biden uh ace in the hole is to say that he's well you know he's still the one that could be president trump when that evaporates and it does seem to be evaporating well then you know the whole argument that he has meaning president biden that he should stay because in fact he's the only one well if he can't do that that makes their problems even worse so i think it is uh, fantastic president trump uh, being down there at at the border uh brandon judd who i've interviewed many many times in dc he spoke uh, at this rally let's hear some classy, of this insanely classy we we constantly hear we constantly have 
the woke mob, the woke media, constantly talking ill of the President of the United States, he just shook every single person's hand in that hangar, every person's hand. Even though his staff was telling him no, he allowed every single individual to come up and take a picture with him. His time is money. That was classy, very classy. Brandon, the border people, they're all with him. Um, folks, it, it certainly seems to be. He's also, you know, him, you had the uh, Border Patrol down there all wanting to take photos with him. Um, right now, it is it is just, uh, it is just a full speed ahead of the Trump campaign. And I also think that that, um, he he needed some of that almost in his sales a little bit. So I think um, it, it certainly, it helps him to then also see that he he himself is, is, you know, beating Biden in the polls. Now, again, Nikki Haley beats Biden by like 10 points, but she is unproven and she's not the one that's on track right now to win the, the nomination. Also, David Axelrod, he was one of the masterminds of the uh, Obama presidency. He came out with a statement. He has a 50-50 shot here, but no better than that, maybe a little worse. He thinks he can cheat nature here, and it's really risky. They've got a real problem if they're counting on Trump to win it for them. And they talk about Hillary thought the same thing in 2016. Now, they're going after Axelrod. But he's exactly right. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401 885 4209. Three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus this portion of the program is brought by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln pop it and see them whether it's for lunch nice weather you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room delicious food then they also have a great full bar large dining area and you're going to love the lounge the lodge pub and eatery people rave about their delicious consistent great food and also the great staff i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video. It has links to on-the-scene live stream. Remember, there's no vo- uh, vowel I. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePietro.com. You can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me. DePietro.com, log on and then links to Facebook and YouTube, everything we have, it's all waiting for you right there at the website. <laughs> 